1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The The Score score celebrates 30 years. WSCR in HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. We are Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's voice of the fan for 30 years. In Odyssey Station. The Score!
3: Score! Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy Simplified. And this hour is being brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Ray, let's go. Lawrence
2: Holmes. Noon to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Can you dig
0: it? Can you dig it? Can you
2: dig it?
4: Thrilled to add uh, a player of AJ Pollock's caliber to this roster. Yeah, we view him as making us better offensively as well as defensively, and providing us with some uh, important flexibility as we go through this season, as, as well as some depth for whatever valleys may lie ahead for us. Obviously, quality professional hitter. We all know what he's capable of doing defensively. Uh, we've already had a handful of conversations with Tony and with the coaches about how we're going to mix him in, uh, as long as well as. Continue to obviously get uh, Aloy and Luis Robert and uh, Sheets and Bond their opportunities as well.
3: That is Rick Hahn talking about AJ Pollock, the newest White Sox. He has been traded for Craig Kimbrell. Steve Stone, Score Senior Baseball Analyst, tweeted this AJ Pollock is a great addition to our Sox. When healthy, he is a pretty complete player. I believe Kimbrell can still close and he'll love that team in L.A. The money is about even with a buyout next year on Pollock's contract. The trade addresses both teams' needs. I agree. Ray, are we going to have Stoney on Monday? Is that the plan? 12-25 Monday, this Monday, and then the following Monday. I'm super excited about that. Super excited about having Stoney back on the score. Airwaves, talking baseball, and we will get with him on Monday. If you're just jumping into your car back into your cubicle or you're working at home, or you're listening to us on our our HD2 station, 104.3 WBMX HD2 Chicago. There's a lot of White Sox news today. Lucas Giolito signs a $7.45 million deal. He avoids arbitration with the White Sox, so that's good. The White Sox traded Craig Kimbrell to the Dodgers for A.J. Pollock. He's an outfielder that can play immediately. When he's healthy, he's pretty good. Tony Larusa is doing some backtracking on the real fans' comment. He will be on the score tomorrow morning at I believe ten on Inside the Clubhouse, so you'll get an opportunity to hear the White Sox manager talk about White Sox things, maybe. And we are letting you. Oh, and Garrett—this is the bad news. Garrett Crochet is probably going to need Tommy John surgery. The MRI did not look good after he had to leave last night's game. So there's a ton of White Sox news and we're going to give you the opportunity to react to it. 312-644-6767 is the number. You can use that number to call the show or if you want to text, you can text the show. Let's go to James. Hey James, you're on the score. Hey, what's going on, Lawrence? Oh, nothing much. What's on your mind?
5: Uh this trade. I everybody seems positive about it. I don't I don't get why
3: well, I, I, think, mean, I think the reason to be positive about it is that you weren't going to use Kimbrel, So you trade him for a player that you actually are going to use. I, I thought we could have used
5: Craig Kimbrel. I mean, obviously he's better in the closer role. I, w- I think he could have closed and had Hendricks in a different role. But either way, you could have kept Kimbrell, had, had him out of the bullpen. If he, if he pitches how he could actually pitch, then his trade value is up tenfold. If he doesn't pitch good, you could still trade it, get, get A.J. Pollock for him in the middle of the season. And then A.J. Pollock, he's an old right-handed hitting center fielder. I mean, we needed a, landed, a left-hander who could play defense. And then Rick Hahn said, oh, we, we know what A.J. Pollock is capable of defense. He's played four games in right field his entire career. And he's thirty four years old. They I don't really know what he is in right field.
3: Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, if you listen to what Rick said, he was also talking about AJ Pollock playing center and left. Like he's because you know they're gonna they're gonna rotate guys out on days when they don't want Aloy playing the field. You'll see AJ Pollock out there in left field and Aloy DHing. I I personally like. I don't have. I think this is a really good deal. Because they weren't going to use, Liam Hendricks was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. So asking him to move, I am I would have been okay if they would have been able to figure that out, but they didn't figure that out. Last year, Tony and the boys did not figure that out. So I'm not going to ask Liam Hendricks, who is a big money closer now, to to move. And that means that you were going to use Hendricks outside of his comfort zone. I'm with Stoney on this. This is a a trade that helps both teams. This Texas says, well, what about right field, though? I think that A.J. Pollock is probably going to play a lot of right field, and he has only played six games there. If he's healthy, his bat is still an improvement over anyone they would put in that role. He's actually proven it on the major league level. I have big hopes for Gavin Sheets. I'm hopeful that he will turn into that left-handed pop, and maybe you can play him out there. I also wonder, even though the White Sox have had him back in drills and they say that everything's okay, I do wonder if they're done with the experiment of Vaughn in right field. He's not an outfielder. He's a first baseman. He did a great job. I thought Andrew Vaughn did an amazing job last year of handling what was a really difficult proposition that was given to him by White Sox management. We want you to hit, and here's a way for you to be on the major league roster. You're going to have to do a bunch of stuff. You mean like play positions that I've never played before? Yes. Oh, okay. That's a guy who profiles out to being an everyday first baseman. They played him in left, in center, in right, at third base, and at second base. Almost nowhere in his profile defensively was it like, man, you know who's a Swiss Army knife? Andrew Vaughn. I think you got a player that you need and you could use for a player that you weren't going to use and kind of everyone knew that you were going to trade. So there's value. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be concerned because you should. You should be concerned about Pollock's injury history. If you look at him, it's 10 years. It's 895 games. So 90 games a season is what we're talking about with him. I honestly, like, I love this for a player that you were kind of just sitting there waiting to see how the market would go. Now, once Jansen ended up going to Atlanta, you figured that the Dodgers had a need at that position. And I'm glad that Rick went out and said, let's let's go do some stuff. Let's at least... Let's make a move. It's not a perfect move, but I... I think that they deserve some credit and you know that I'm one of their hardest critics. I like it because they weren't, they were not like the Joe Kelly move told you they were not doing anything with Craig Kimbrell. So they've now got the back of their bullpen figured out other than the crochet thing. I've got some thoughts on that, which I'll share in a minute. Let me get some of your text messages. 708 Texas says, this means the net effect of the Kimbrel trade from last year is that the Cubs got Madrigal and the Sox got Pollitt. Sox now can say they won the trade. I, well, we'll see. I think Cody Hoyer, once he gets back from, like, I think he's having TJ surgery too, or had it, I think Cody Hoyer is a guy that's going to close. I think he's really good. The Madrigal thing, I'm not, I'm not that worried about because Madrigal is a project. I think he is in a perfect place over with the Cubs. And the White Sox shouldn't be in a position where they're worrying about projects, which is why I'm glad that they got A.J. Pollock. 708 Texas says, so you're platooning Pollock in sheets? No. I'm probably going to have Pollock play the majority of the games in right field. But I think that there are going to be opportunities for sheets to play and for if they want to put Vaughn out there, I wouldn't. But there will be opportunities for him to play, too. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. Here's Keith in Bloomingdale. Hey, Keith, you're on the score. How are you, Jason? I'm Lawrence, but thank Jay, you, though. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm for sorry, Lawrence, mixing I'm sorry. us all I'm up. Sorry. It's like that train's never late, right? We're all looking like... Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. No, no, no,
0: no, no. We don't go there. Um... I like the Pollock trade because, one, it sure is up the outfield. Two, you still have Adam Engel that can play for uh, Eloy if the time comes down to it or can go out to right. His bats, like you said, is an upgrade over all of them. And, you know, Lori Garcia and all those guys playing right field, they'll get the job done, but uh, they'll just get the job done.
3: It's a, it's a great upgrade. And we got rid of Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> I appreciate the phone call. Train's never late. Jason's taller, better at doing this, and more handsome. So if that helps. This texture says, is Vaughn on the block? Maybe. I, I I guess. But I don't think so. I think that I think that they really do think that he projects out well. As someone that eventually can compete to be the first baseman of this team. But if it helps you to get Manaya would I be heartbroken if they traded him? No. Here, so that you understand. It's weird. I usually don't do a segment where we're taking calls sitting down. So that you understand where I'm at with this. I'm at do whatever you need to do to win the World Series in the next two seasons. Because now I think that your roster has matured to that point. This is why I was upset that they hadn't addressed right field or starting pitching or backup catcher, which still bothers me. This is why there were a lot of White Sox fans who were like I was and they're going, come on, y'all are close. Put together a team that gives you the best chance of winning. It's why people were frustrated with Tony La Russa. because the assertion that real White Sox fans don't believe or believe in the system when every White Sox fan wants them to win the World Series. So if the front office goes out and gets better players, no one should be upset. Including the guys that are on the roster. Because ideally, it helps them too. It helps get them closer to winning a World Series. This texter says, people thinking Pollock is a platoon are silly. He's an OPS of 135 the last two years. Health is the only issue. I agree with you. As long as he's healthy, he's a guy that can be in your lineup every day. I'm going to take Rick at his word, which is always dangerous when you're talking about front office people, that he's going to find ways to get at bats for Sheets and for Vaughn. But trust and believe, Like this is a guy that should be in the lineup over those guys if he's healthy. Let's go to Jason, who's driving around. Hey, Hello, Lawrence, Jason, you you're do- on the score. Lawrence, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. I love this
6: deal. Absolutely love this deal. And I think, in a weird way, the crochet injury actually pushed this deal to happen, and here's why. With them losing crochet out of the bullpen, they obviously have to go find another guy because there's going to be short Kelly, They're going to be short crochet in the beginning, and obviously they need more arms. So you pick up a real live outfielder, an A.J. Pollock, put him in the lineup every day. You don't have to mess with this uh, sheets. Vaughn, Angle, whatever stuff that they were talking about. You can now put, if you want, put Vaughn or Sheets in a trade to go get yourself a real-life starting pitcher. San Diego said yesterday they're ready to trade from their rotation right now. How about put a deal together for Snell and maybe Caratini as your backup catcher?
3: I, I would love Victor Caratini as the backup catcher. I don't think that the injury to Crochet... Is why they made the trade. They've been trying to make this trade, not just with the Dodgers. They've been trying to move Kimbrel for a long time. And now we're closer to the beginning of the season. The rosters are not locked, but pretty close to locked. I don't I don't think the crochet injury factored into it at all. In fact, you heard Rick say that the crochet injury is really horrible timing because they had made the Kimbrel move, but I don't think that that was going to that wasn't I don't think that I don't think that Rick was like well now we have to trade Craig Kimbrel no like they needed to trade Craig Kimbrel because he wasn't going to be a factor for the twenty twenty two White Sox. The crochet thing is just horrible timing and a bad injury for a guy that people think can be a special pitcher. I'm not as sure about that. And I've felt that way since he appeared. Like once we started to see the velo go down, if you're telling me that he's one Oh one from the left side, then yeah, he can be a guy that dominates, but you had folks who were like, Oh, well he projects out to be a starter. I'm like, are you sure? And then you saw the velo dip and you saw him have some control issues, and he can't field his position, I'm not as high on him as other people are. I do feel terribly for him, though. That sucks. And that's that's a, that's a long, arduous process to get back. I think that we overlook that because technology and medical science is, is so far ahead that usually these guys come back, and in some cases... They come back better than they were before physically. But I wasn't counting on him to be a reason that the White Sox win the World Series. So we'll see. By the way, Michael Kopech pitched last night. He pitched two innings. He's he's a little bit behind everybody else. Every I, I would say, I don't know what the lines are going to be on FanDuel. I am curious about it. I would say that runs are going to be up in the first two weeks of Major League Baseball because I think that everyone's going to be in their bullpen because no one wants to tax starters. Usually starting pitchers get six starts in a spring. These guys are getting four. So I think throughout the first month of the season, you're going to see lines like pitchers, starting pitchers having lines of, Three and a third, stuff like that. So I say runs are going to be up. You want to talk more about the White Sox? 312 644 67 67. Crochet is going to need Tommy John surgery. Lucas Giolito avoided arbitration, which is really good. Craig Kimbrell has been traded to the Dodgers. AJ Pollock has come back in return. You want to react? I'm Lawrence. You're listening to the score.
0: Call
2: from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Lawrence Holmes, Noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and Odyssey Station. It's time for the two-minute report. Two minutes. What? Not one, but two.
5: Oh, say
2: less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, it's
0: always a pleasure coming to you from the United Center. The first of five straight tonight, Bulls and Clippers. We are going into overtime. Paul George on the bench right now. Dribbles right. DeRozan with a right-handed slam dunk. DeMar DeRozan all the way to the rack with the flop. we we'll go DeMar now. Iso against Batum. The drive! DeMar! Watch it here. Pauly Fufoncay. Pauly Fufoncay. Nicholas Batum. Wee-wee. Oui, oui, get out the
6: way.
2: Woo! DeMar detonates to put the Bulls up by four. DeRozan again. You got five fouls too. And Jackson. Oh yes! of the Oh uh, DeMar DeRozan. Woo! Man. 44 for DeMar DeRozan tonight. A right, three-point game.
6: Inbound for DeRozan on the court. Got to get it in. White, Vucevic, DeRozan,
2: and Levine. They got all switching lineups. Again, they yep. got small guys in there. So you got to be strong with the ball.
0: On the far sideline, holding and looking. Didn't play to DeRozan. DeRozan to the rack. And it's it done. DeMar with 50. He just bagged 50 on the Clips. Looking for DeRozan in the post, he's got it. And he's got 50! Game time. Game set match. A 50-piece to put it away in the month of March for DeMar DeRozan. Can I get some give me the hot sauce on the 50 piece, please? win! Bulls win! Bulls win! 135-130 in overtime over the Clippers. DeMar DeRozan with 50.
2: Wow! Because you, you're getting older, don't mean you got to slow down in any type of way. You know, it just shows my work ethic. Me just taking care of myself physically, you know, and, and just always just trying to be better than I, I was before.
3: Highlights courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago and the score. Chuck on the call. Excited! Adam, Amin, and Stacy were in their bag yesterday too. Can I get some, give me the hot sauce on that fifty plays? <laughs> please. Ah, ah, ah. Demar DeRozan with fifty points—he rescued them last night because that was a game that they were trailing basically the entire game, and then Demar like got mad and was like, "I'm about to go off," and he went off. Alex Caruso did a fantastic job guarding Paul George who had reached his minutes limit, so he didn't play in the overtime of last night's game. But Caruso kept him to 7 of 20 shooting. And you know there were other people that were guarding him, but it was mostly Caruso. And I thought that he did a good job. Even in the post, when Paul George wanted to take him to the bucket, he did a really good job there. Patrick Williams had a wonderful night. 10 points, 12 rebounds. Ray, can we play the the big money moment from Patrick Williams last night? Lamar uh, DeRozan.
2: double. So Williams
3: drives.
2: Oh! Hartstein, oh! what are you doing? That's what we want to see out of Patrick Williams. That's what we want to see right there. That was a, that was a heck of a play as he went and challenged Hart, who's a very good shot blocker. He is a very good
3: shot blocker. That was a Patrick Poster. Oh, my goodness. More paint points for the Bulls. All right. I heard Adam go crazy and Stacy go crazy. Now give me some Chuck. Bulls ball.
0: After the timeout. Throws it. Left side. Patrick wins. Power to the rail with a left-handed dunk on Hartenstein. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That was sick, wicked, and nasty. Patrick Williams just posterized Hartenstein. Ooh, he had some ill intentions going to the rim, didn't he? Oh, my, Patrick.
3: When Patrick Williams is aggressive like that, it really takes a lot of pressure off of the That was Stephen Bardo doing analysis. He was terrific at it, as he always is. Unfortunately, the next time down the floor, that same dude dunked on Patrick Williams. But baby steps, 10 points, 12 rebounds. He was playing in crunch time. That was huge. Really great game by him. I want that level of aggression all the time, even with getting dunked on because he was going for the block. He was late on the rotation, but he was going for the block. That type of aggression all the damn time. So shot, Demar is just fun, man. He's just fun. Can I get some, give me the hot sauce on the 50-piece, please? Yes, get the hot sauce for the 50-piece and all that stuff. There was a moment. Ray, I think we got enough time to play it. The screen, look, I don't know. Dan, Bernstein would be really upset because this is not causal. It might be correlative, but I think it was causal. There was a play in the third quarter of this game where DeMar DeRozan got destroyed on a screen. DeRozan's
6: got to pick up George. Oh, it's kind of his arm that time into DeRozan.
5: And DeRozan's still down. That could have been an offensive foul. Well, and, and again, I mean, no communication. I mean, where's the backside held back there to let him know there's a screen? I mean, that's
2: I mean, that's Vooch's man who set that screen. He comes up the floor. you got to tell him. I mean, he cannot see that, Adam. He doesn't have eyes in the back of his head. You've
3: got to call that out. And you see a lot of guys. That's like 90s basketball right there. These blindsided picks where guys get decapitated. That highlight courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. I'm going to go with DeMar got screened hard. His teammates didn't call it out. Then he got really mad and scored 50 points. Because the next possession down, he came and just was like, you know what? I got this. They should not have won that game last night. It's incredible that they did. And they needed to because the next four games at home are a problem for America, but mostly the Bulls. A lot of White Sox news today, too, and we're bringing you in to talk about it. Mike is calling from Byron. Hey, Mike, you're on the score.
5: Hey, Lawrence. uh, Excited about the trade. Uh, Glad to see him move, Kimball. Uh, It sucks about... uh, uh, Garrett Crochet going down. But I think this is an opportunity, especially today when the White Sox are playing Oakland, for Rick Hahn to sit down with the GM of Oakland and get Sean Manaya from Oakland for
3: a couple prospects. Maybe- I, I think that that would be nice. I, I, I think that would be nice. They, they need rotation help. Real talk. I feel comfortable with two of their starters right now. Giolito and Lynn. And remember, Lynn is coming off of an injury. I think Dylan Cease is the best stuff on the team. But he sometimes goes to the zoo in the middle of starts. Now, it seemed like last year he got over that a little bit, and maybe he's matured as a pitcher, because that dude's got Nintendo stuff. But I don't trust him. And I don't know what Michael Kopech is, and he's behind anyway. I don't know what he is as a starter. I know that he's a very effective reliever. No one knows what he is as a starter. And Dallas Keuchel? Go ahead and go to war with that if you want. All I'm asking him to do is have a sub-5 ERA and eat innings. That's all I'm asking him to do this year. Ray suggested when he took over his EP of the show starting on Monday that, you know, not everyone can listen all the time we have a show. So he decided that we would do like a little bit of a week in review. And I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, the party's going on.
2: <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. It's that time again. Friday, Friday, Friday. It's time for what Lawrence learned. Cause it's Friday, a week in review of the Lawrence Home Show. It's Friday. It's Friday. Watch this. Watch
1: this. Friday.
3: Friday. 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 Cause, Friday. 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 Cause it's Friday.
2: Lawrence, what'd you learn, man? man, man, man,
3: man, man. I learned that Pat Thomasulo has a comedy special out. He was so so good on the show. And we discuss what it took for him to put together his special, What a Time to Be Alive. I've been doing stand-up 12 years
6: now. And there might be, I think there are traces of bits that I did 10 years ago or 8 years ago. But I think it really, the thing really evolved and really kind of came together in the last Three years or so, right? I- including however the hell long we were in a, a, a pandemic, right? So I was going to do it. Actually, initially, I was going to tape it in December of 2020. I was gearing up to do it. And then the pandemic hit, and that obviously shot that to hell. And then a lot of the stuff that happened, you know, like the stuff about Black Lives Matter and the stuff about the, uh, the you know, some of the other topical stuff in there, Trump, some, some things about that, kind of came together after the pandemic. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad that um, that it did get pushed back because I think some of the bits in there that I really loved the most
3: kind of really only came together in the last year or so. Pat's special is free on YouTube. You can check it out yourself. It's called What a Time to Be Alive. It is very funny, and I promise that you will enjoy it. Another thing that I learned this week came from our buddy Jason Leisure who usually joins us if there's Bears news on Thursdays at 1. And this week, he had a chance to talk with George McCaskey and Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, and he shared this about George McCaskey and his relationship with his new GM. The 20 minutes
4: or so that we talked with him at the breakers, I thought was the best he's been in the three seasons plus now that I've covered the Bears. I thought that he explained well... The inner conflict that he has with being sick and tired of watching this team be mediocre, like everyone is, but also understanding that if he wants to do this right, he has got to fully put it in Ryan Poles' hands, and he has got to be patient about that. So when Ryan Poles comes and presents to him the plan that we've now all seen play out, which is pretty much a teardown and a cleanup of the toxic waste site that he stepped into when he took the job, George McCaskey's got to accept that. He's got to say, okay, we, that, if that's what Brian Paul says needs to be done, then I'm signing off on it, including trading Khalil Mack. And while the Bears aren't certainly not conceding this upcoming season, the moves they've made have been moves that are going to hurt them this season, and they've got to be. They've got to accept that. George has to accept that. And I think he does.
3: It makes me happy that one of the worries that I had, and I know there were, there were a lot of Bears fans who had it, the idea of George allowing Ryan to do the job. And there were some people like, well, he wasn't named president of football operations, so does he really actually have the power? It seems to me from the moves that have been made that he has been empowered and he is taking that, empowering, and actually trying to affect change. Is that the way you see it?
4: Oh, Lawrence, think about six weeks into your job, you want to trade Khalil Mack for draft picks. I mean, I think that says a lot, that that was greenlit by George McCaskey. But furthermore, uh, you know, unrelated, and something that came up was with George McCaskey was the Brian Flores lawsuit and wanting to know what – the Bears' stance on that was or what, if there was any impact on, uh, on you know, the coaching decision with that. And George McCaskey's way of saying it was and we had a very good interview with Brian Flores, but Ryan Poles chose a different candidate. So, again, furthering that at least image, and, and I, I find it to be genuine and, and real based on my conversations with Ryan Poles as well, that Ryan Poles is running football, period, at Hallis Hall.
3: Great stuff from Jason Leisure. He usually joins us on Thursdays at 1 o'clock. And I learned this last night. Although we kind of already knew this. DeMar DeRozan is a monster.
7: To be quite honest, you know, I think he holds himself to such a high standard. And I think that's what makes him a great player. You know, whether it's missing a free throw, you know, at the end there to put us up by one. Whether it's the turnover or any missed shot he makes. I mean, he really holds himself to a high standard. And, and I think that's part of the reason why he's such a great, great player because his expectation of how he expects himself to perform every single night, um, he holds himself to that standard individually and, and you know, you, you never, it's like the Washington game, like he's two for 12 in the first half and you know that he is going to respond and he's going to come out of that because he's just going to hold himself to a, to a better standard than that. And I think he has done that the entire season. The fact that he can mentally, DeMar can just mentally like focus in and lock in and on what he wants to get done and how he plays. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's it, even just seeing him at the end of regulation when he missed that free throw, I mean, like he was, you know, he was bothered, you know, he was just bothered. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's some of those guys just, you know, they, they're, they're wired in a way that they have an unbelievable level of focus and concentration and, whether things slow down for him or their concentration is heightened, um, it's it's pretty amazing to see him do what he do. especially you know, on that back-to-back with York and Washington, the number of minutes he logged and coming back and playing again and playing an overtime game. It's pre- pre- pretty impressive. We were able to concentrate.
0: Can I get some, give me the hot sauce on the 50-pings,
7: please?
3: And that's what I learned on the show this week. Production by Ray Diaz. Back after this on The Score.
2: Lawrence Holmes, Noon to 2, on Sports Radio 670, The Score, in Odyssey Station.
3: The news about Garrett Crochet is not great for the White Sox. Him possibly and probably having to have Tommy John surgery. And I don't mean to be callous because that sucks. Like, it's terrible for Garrett Crochet. I would say, though, that the day is a net positive for the White Sox they were not going to use Craig Kimbrell they are going to use A.J. Pollock making a deal where the money kind of washes out and you have a useful and productive win healthy player that is available to play a couple of different outfield spots for you that can hit and win healthy which is a big win it's a big thing when we're talking about A.J. Pollock is a very effective player You also have them making Lucas Giolito happy. Not having to go to the arbitration part of this that weighs heavily on players. Anytime that there's a negotiation, the other side is going to tell you how great you aren't so that they don't have to pay you a ton of money. I'm glad that they figured this out. I'm glad that it had to go all the way up to ownership. That Jerry Reinsdorf had to get involved because one of the the faces of his team was clearly upset at how this whole thing went. And now Lucas has got that behind him. And now the White Sox have that behind them. And they can get on with it. The way that I felt before the crochet news today was, okay, I feel like my team is settled now. Now they're going to have to go and figure out a couple of other things, but at least now they've addressed most of the issues. What I still like a, a good backup catcher? Yes, I really, really would. But a net positive Friday for the White Sox. I'll talk with Parkinson Spiegel about that and more next here on The Score.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?